listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back in to a brand new episode of the show. It is Thursday, June 18th. From the South Stands to the end zone, you are Locked On Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. Also, the managing editor for the Broncos Pro Football Network at profootballnetwork.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Broncos. And go ahead in the meantime, hit that follow button at Broncos PFN. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, please do me a favor and hit that subscribe button for daily exclusive Broncos content coming your way. But ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking with Patrick Chiodi. He's the Broncos draft analyst at the Broncos Pro Football Network. We're going to be talking about a Broncos player who is now tested positive for COVID-19. We talk about what does that mean? One month away from NFL training camp, plus we dive into our projecting depth series. Taking a look at the running back position here for the Broncos offense in 2020. So ladies and gentlemen, let's kick things off here. Interview with Patrick Chiodi. I'm joined here right now with Patrick Chiodi. He is our Broncos draft analyst over there, Broncos Pro Football Network, at Broncos PFN, at Patrick Chiodi as well on Twitter. Today we're going to be breaking down a lot of the stuff that's going on right now with the Denver Broncos, some Broncos bits. Uh, first off, Patrick, you know, obviously very excited to have you here at Broncos Pro Football Network. Obviously going to get you here on the show a lot often. Uh, the, the one thing let's start off with here today, some Broncos news. Kareem Jackson, yesterday, ESPN insider Adam Schefter reported that Kareem Jackson tested positive for COVID-19. This is all equated to him traveling from Los Angeles to Houston over the weekend. Luckily, it's not from when they participated in March uh, overall in Denver a couple, you know, a week and a half ago. So that's good news because right now there's no concern that any other Bronco will test positive. However, what are your thoughts on this? Because you live in an area right now where, you know, you could see an increase at any moment. What has it been like locally for you with COVID-19 and really for the Denver Broncos? We're one month away from training camp. How might this impact the start of that? No, I mean, uh, as for me personally, you know, being in the Pacific Northwest, uh, we were kind of a hotbed of everything starting out uh, and, and everything kind of got crazy from there. As of right now, uh, our city is opening back up a little bit, you know, step by step. Um, was able to go out to eat at a restaurant uh, uh, this last weekend. So things are kind of getting better. Um, but as far as Kareem Jackson and the rest of the Denver Broncos, you know, we already we already know that Von Miller had it, uh, you know, and, and other players around the league are getting it. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott being one of those one of those players. But uh, I think for guys like Kareem Jackson, who are uh, outstanding athletes um obviously their bodies are are prepared for anything really that you know comes their way i i i really hope that he's okay i'm really hope that he heals up um but i think going forward the league is going to have to be very careful about uh how they treat this considering that training camp is supposed to start up uh, what precautions are they going to take? Are they going to require masks? Are they going to require, you know, only certain uh, uh, like certain groupings of players at practice at a time? So it's going to be interesting to see how everything pans out. Uh, but again, I just hope that Kareem's OK and, and that he heals up quickly. 
Adam Schefter also reported that Kareem Jackson is expected to make a full recovery. So that is good news. Him being the second Denver Bronco to test positive, hopefully he's the only Bronco. But he did say that, you know, he there is some concern now. He says, you're going to have all these guys in the locker room together. It's bound to happen. So if that happens, I really wonder if the NFL is going to push back training camp. They've, they've got to figure out something because right now the, the data is not very good in terms of what we're seeing so far with NFL players literally just being a month away. And you factor in he's got this now, he's going to have to quarantine for two weeks. So that takes away two weeks close to that month. You know, training camp is going to roll around. You got to, you, you, there's a lot of concern there. So, you know, obviously I think with Kareem Jackson, you know, he's going to tackle this head on. He says that his symptoms he's been experiencing have been very mild. So that's good. Let's switch our, our, our train of thought here to another topic. Uh, NFL.com writer Dan Hanses had mentioned he went through every single team in the National Football League. And he selected an MVP that he's going to predict for every single team. For the Denver Broncos, he selected Bradley Chubb, who, as we know, is coming off of an ACL surgery. You know, for you, in our consideration of playing the game and our knowledge of the game, for a player coming off ACL to be recognized as maybe a potential team MVP, what do you think about that in terms of Bradley Chubb and Dan Hans's, you know, prediction he has there? Because, you know, I like I said, I want him to ease his way into training camp. I want him to ease his way into the swing of things. To me, I think if he could definitely become that team MVP, that's great because it means the guys are eating. You know, it means that he's eating it. And really his basis of it was based on uh, Von Miller is going to see more double teams or triple teams. But I have a hard time really believing that with the additions of Jarrell Casey, Shelby Harris coming back, and now you factor in Bradley Chubb returning. I, I just really find it hard to believe he's going to see those double teams. So what are your thoughts initially on uh, Bradley Chubb? Uh, him coming back is probably the best thing that could happen for the Broncos defense. In, in my opinion, uh, you know, bringing in Casey is fantastic for Bradley Chubb, uh, Von Miller being, uh, healthy and finishing off the year on a, on a good note is a great thing for Bradley Chubb. Shelby Harris being back. Great thing for Bradley Chubb. So, uh, you know, I always think back to when Vaughn had the ACL tear, right? And it, it it was a big question on how he would bounce back. And he bounced back hard. He came back with a vengeance, got to the Super Bowl, won MVP. Uh, are we gonna say are, are we gonna see the same type of play from Bradley Chubb? I honestly It doesn't surprise me that he picked Bradley Chubb as the MVP, seeing as how uh, Von Miller bounced back when Demarcus Ware was there. Uh, it's kind of, you're kind of looking at history repeating itself. You have one guy on the other side who, who's a extremely great playmaker. You have a guy in the middle. Who's a a game wrecker. Uh, Vaughn, for example, Vaughn had Malik Jackson, uh, when DeMarcus Ware was there. Uh, he also had Derek Wolf and, and now you have Shelby Harris in there as well. And, and Draymond Jones is going to make a a big impact this year. So Bradley's probably going to see a lot of those, uh, you know, one-on-ones and Vaughn's probably going to see a lot of those too. If teams continue to chip Vaughn with the tight end or the running back, uh, it's only going to allow Bradley more time. So I, I don't think it's out of this world to say that Bradley Chubb could be the team MVP. The guy is an absolute animal. We saw what he could do on one weak knee, you know, uh, and God only imagines what he could do on on that reconstructed knee. So I don't think it's out of this world. Uh, I, I think he'll come back, and I think he'll have a, a very good impact. Seeing how he played in Vic's defense in year one, uh, I, I, I'm very hopeful. I'm excited as well. And, you know, the fact that, and I was talking about this earlier, the fact that he tore his ACL in Jacksonville and still played on it, finished the whole entire game, was able to get a sack, 
with one knee, essentially. That right there is a lot of willpower. And, you know, I think for him, when Ed Donatel told us he's running full speed, I was like, all right, look, Bradley Chubb's got it. He's fine. But I still urge them to ease him back into the whole entire swing of things. I think that's going to be a process they need to embrace here. But Patrick, I agree with you. And Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to continue our conversation. We're going to get into our projected depth series here with Patrick on today's episode of the show. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers all across the board. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Do you need a new tailgate like Locked On Saints Ross Jackson? Do you need a new steering wheel cover because yours has suffered a lot of sun damage the way that mine has because it's leather? RockAuto.com is the place for you to go. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for the classic or daily driver, get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com all right, Broncos country, back here with Patrick Coyote here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. We're going to be breaking down the running back position. We're continuing our projecting depth series. We had Zach Seegers, one of the Broncos columnists at Pro Football Network, with us. Uh, he was talking with us yesterday about the defensive back end of the secondary with the safety position, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. Now I've got Patrick. We're going to be talking about extensively the running back position. Let's talk about the starters first here, Patrick. First off, the offseason move, right? The Broncos, they go in and they bring in Melvin Gordon from the AFC West Division rival Los Angeles Chargers. 125 for the Denver Broncos goes to LA. The other 25 for LA comes to the Denver Broncos. So really just a jersey swap is what we're going to be you know, getting there and a different kind of productivity as well. Melvin Gordon was brought in to be the team's premier running back because he's a physical he's a more physical style runner and he can withstand some of the contact in between the tackles in the National Football League. You would like him to maybe take some of that more so than Philip Lindsay. Uh really what were your thoughts initially when the Broncos brought in Melvin Gordon? Because I, I think it was surprised everybody. I don't think anybody anticipated Melvin Gordon being the the target. I think a lot of people were expecting Jordan Howard to be the one guy that the Broncos would make a push for. Yeah, I mean, I was just as shocked as anyone. Uh, I was a little confused. You know, uh, you're bringing in a, a guy who's generally considered to be one of the the big names uh, of the running backs in the NFL, and you paid him pretty well, uh, albeit on a two year deal. So it was a little bit surprising. Uh, it it kind of made me say, you know, does the, does the organization not trust Philip Lindsay to be that guy? And after after a couple months of really thinking about it, I don't think that's the case. I, I really think this is, like you said, more of a opportunity to kind of save Philip Lindsay uh, so that he doesn't take that constant beating on first and second down uh, like every other bell cow back. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, as we know, he can, when he's healthy, he can be one of the top backs in the league. By far, uh, he, he can uh, he can help in the passing game, which is I you know 
targeting Jordan Howard, that makes sense because he's one of those guys who's more uh, seen as a receiving back. But if Melvin Gordon can provide those crucial first and second down carries where he kind of, you know, just kind of eats up a few yards here and there, uh, maybe get the, the every once in a while explosive run. I think that's great. And I, and I think that he and, uh, Philip Lindsay can be that one, two punch that the Broncos kind of expected from Lindsay and Freeman. Uh, I, I'm excited for Melvin Gordon. I, I think that he is a great add for this offense, especially with Shermer being the new OC. Uh, if if uh, Scangarello was going to be the the OC this season, maybe it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But now that we've switched the offense, we've kind of made it more, uh, you know, spread the ball out. It's going to be in shotgun a lot. This kind of it, it makes me excited to see not only how Gordon can produce in this offense, but how Philip can produce in this offense as well. I think you make a great point there, too. And when I go back and I reference the film from New York in 2019, look, when Saquon Barkley got hurt, their offensive productivity just crashed a little bit. And their wide receivers got hurt, too. We didn't see many two running back sets you know, in New York, but I feel like for the Broncos, you will see probably some more 21 personnel overall, which, look, I think if you get both Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay on the field at the same time, you could do a variety of things. What we saw with Rich Gangarello last year was that they also went with the two-back set. There were times where Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay were both on the field. Now, I think that Melvin Gordon, when you watch the tape of him, he's a hard guy to bring down, especially on first contact. He's able to run through a lot of arm tackles. He's able to make guys miss. Philip Lindsay's got that speed, too, where he could clock over 20 miles per hour. I believe he was tied or he was up there with Christian McCaffrey in the NFL last year for most runs clocked at 20 miles per hour plus. That right there is very exciting. But once he gets that burst, look, it's momentum. And the thing that I saw consistently with Melvin Gordon, he is one of those guys, when he finally got to the swing of things, now look, he had a rough start coming back off the holdout. He had a fumble against Tennessee on the one-yard line, and that was very depleting for him. But he's got a big chip on his shoulder. He told us a couple months ago that, you know, for him, there are a lot of people that said he's an average tailback, and he wants to prove them wrong this season. So I think that with his mentality coming into training camp, it's absolutely exciting. You love to have that from a player. But let's talk about Philip Lindsay now, because Philip Lindsay, he's got the same exact mentality. And you mentioned earlier, Patrick, that a lot of people at the beginning of free agency, once that Melvin Gordon signed with Denver, a lot of people thought, well, this is an indictment on Philip Lindsay. The team doesn't believe in Philip Lindsay. I think it's quite opposite of that, too, because look, Philip Lindsay clawed and fought literally for every single inch of a thousand yard season last year. And for him to be able to be the first player in NFL history as an undrafted rookie free agent to go back to back thousand yard rushing seasons, it speaks volumes to where he is at. Now he looks like I've seen pictures from the workouts. He looks like he's gotten bigger. He looks like he's bulked up. Maybe that's because he just became a father. Maybe that's because he's, you know, been working out here. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's exciting to, to kind of factor in if he can maintain that size but also keep that speed. I think the Broncos have a very, very dynamic one-two punch here in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I think that Phillip is same same type of mentality as as Melvin, but he's got that undrafted label. You know, chip on my soul, uh, chip on my shoulder. You know, guys are 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 counting me out. They're doubting me. Uh, you know, everyone looked down on him for his size. You know, didn't look what he could do. The guy is so good between the tackles. You go back and you watch that film, the way he works with just a tiny amount of space and he creates this this big explosion of a run. He's not a guy that you can count out. And I definitely think that by signing Melvin Gordon, they're saying, hey, we want to help you be the be one of the best backs in the league. So uh, keep doing what you're doing. 
he's going to get a contract. I, I think he's going to get a contract. He's going to be a guy that Denver keeps around for a while. He hasn't had a fumble uh, in his entire career, you know, knock on wood. Uh, he's been relatively healthy minus the, the wrist injury. Uh, he's, he's been one of the most productive players on the Denver Broncos for the last two seasons. There's no way that they do not believe in Philip Lindsay. And, and yeah, I, I did see the pictures of him in the DNVR shirt. Uh, he, he's looking pretty swole. He's looking pretty big. You know, maybe he did put that dad bod to, to work, but I think, uh, I think we are going to see a, a, much improved Philip Lindsay with this this offseason and the whole offense around him is going to be awesome to watch. Some people have had some concerns about Philip Lindsay as a receiving back out of the backfield. I went back and I watched film in 2019. There were a few throws last season where really the quarterback didn't put him in a very good place. There were also a couple of times where he was looking to get upfield before he even had the ball in his hand. So he he did have a couple of drops. He did have those plays where he's looking to get upfield before he even gets the ball. And then he's you know a product of bad quarterback throws, poor ball placement as well. I do think that Philip Lindsay can evolve even more as a running back, as a receiver, too. People tend to forget his first touchdown in the National Football League in the regular season was on a uh, uh, an out route to the flats where he caught it, got upfield against Seattle, and scored a touchdown. People forget that. I want to get your thoughts here real quick before we get into the backup running backs. Really, what are your thoughts on Philip Lindsay potentially as a running back out of the backfield, more so as a receiver? There were times we saw them motion out to empty, and he'd be the outside guy. I saw a lot of that in training camp in 2018 when he was a rookie with the Broncos' first team offense when nobody knew who he exactly was yet in the NFL world. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was at that Seattle game uh, when when Phillip scored his first touchdown, and and I just remember, man, we we got something, we got something in this kid. Yeah, he he did kind of suffer in the in the passing game last season, uh, like you said, it, it it wasn't necessarily all his fault, but I think there are some areas where he can get better. Uh, you know, mainly just looking the ball in, securing the catch, and then working your way upfield. Uh, I absolutely think that he can be that guy. Utilizing him on on swing routes, uh, utilizing him on screens, utilizing him uh, by moving him to empty, even if he is just a decoy, because he does have blazing speed. So even if you have him just run off a defender, uh, you, you know, any way that you can utilize his speed in the offense is is a plus. Uh, I, I think that if he just tweaks those little things, I think that he could be a great receiving threat out of the backfield. Uh, and and if they do go two running back sets with him and Melvin Gordon on the field, that's an even bigger threat. So if he fixes those little things, I think that he could be a, a bigger producer in the passing game than he generally has in the past. I certainly agree, Patrick. He could be a big player for this Broncos team. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get to our conversation on the Broncos backup running backs behind Philip Lindsay Melvin Gordon here in just a moment. But the Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation alongside with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. 
And ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's your good friends over there at Built Bar. I had Michael Adkins, a listener of Lockdown Broncos, last night. He sent me a text message with a picture of him wearing a Broncos shirt holding his Built Bar. That, to me, tells me that Built Bar is definitely a go-to for a lot of Broncos fans here, as it is mine every single day. I go on a run every morning, and I'm always grabbing a Built Bar out the door once I get to the track inside the morning. That's my breakfast, usually. And sometimes, if I don't have breakfast, that's what I'll have after my workout. That's what I'll have either at the lunchtime point because I'm now doing intermittent fasting. I've got to reduce on things, but you know what? I love chocolate and Built Bar is the tastiest protein bar out there today because it literally tastes like a candy bar. And did I mention that I love chocolate? Well, guess what? The bars, they are covered in 100% chocolate with 16 amazing different flavors. The peanut butter brownie and the almond toffee are my go-tos. As you guys know, as I tell you guys every single day, I encourage you guys to get on the train and try it yourself. I mentioned also with my intermittent fasting, it helps me lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a delicious treat. The bars, they're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high protein and high fiber, and they are very, very tasty like I mentioned. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get $10 off your first order today. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So let's get into our discussion now on the Broncos running backs behind Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, you know, Royce Freeman. You and I will attest to this. We are Oregon guys. We've watched a lot of Royce Freeman and he was in college at Oregon. He was one of the most consistent running backs in the nation, right? We saw that productivity out of him and we saw him be a reliable pass catcher out of the backfield. Heck, for the Broncos last year, he was pretty good at that as well. However, you know, just sometimes running in between the tackles, I don't know if it was due to injuries. I don't know if it was just lack of confidence, but he struggled in terms of consistent running. You know, with a guy of his size, we figured that he'd be perfect in short-yarded situations. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out that way. You know, what's your thoughts real quick on Royce Freeman and really what he has to do to kind of stay on the rotation here for the Broncos offensively in uh, in 2020? Well, you know, last season uh, when they made the change at offensive coordinator, I, I thought that Royce Freeman was going to have a, a much better year than his rookie season, mainly because they were really switching to that kind of true zone uh, scheme, which is what he ran at Oregon. One of my biggest concerns, though, when he was drafted to Oregon or when he was drafted to the Broncos was the the high mileage that he had on him. Uh, you know, he suffered injuries in college. He had the high mileage on him and coming into the NFL. That doesn't exactly spell success. So uh, while Royce had a good rookie season and he showed that he could fight for those tough yards uh, and, and kind of be that bruising running back, he didn't really show that last year. And, and uh, I, I think this year he really has to prove that uh, working in a zone system, that he can be that reliable back to get those short yardage, uh, those short yardage plays and that he can fight for the extra yards. Last year, we didn't really see it. We saw him get stuffed up. We saw him make poor decisions in the hole. Uh, and and it's weird because his rookie year, his vision was pretty good. Uh, there, there was the game against Kansas City where he, I believe he scored his first touchdown. Uh, it showed great vision all throughout the game. Every touch that he got, he would, you know, he would be very patient. It seemed last year he was just kind of rushing things. And he was just trying to, to you know, not really wait for things to progress. If he wants to stay on the roster this year, if he really wants to be that number three back, he has to prove that he understands the scheme and that he understands the spacing. He's got to be able to hit the holes correctly because in this offense, it's going to be crucial that he gets those short yardage situations, that he that he can be the guy that gets the ball on third down, uh, you know, third and short, or the guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. 
he has to be better than what Devontae Booker was for us last year. I think some other guys behind him too. Now, we were on a press conference call with Pat Shermer last week, and and he mentioned Royce Freeman, and really the vibe I got from him is that Royce Freeman probably does have a very strong chance of still being the guy uh, behind Melvin Gordon, Phil Lindsay this year. However, he's going to have some competition because I want to reference first the player that we saw last year, and that's Kalfani Muhammad, who was the Broncos' stud yeah. in the preseason. You know, being there at practice, watching him too, he was just so bouncy. And he's also a guy that contribute big time on special teams, and that's exactly what Tom McMahon mentioned. So there is a strong chance that a guy like Kalfani Muhammad could push Royce Freeman this year. I'm intrigued to see that as well. So really give me your thoughts on Kalfani Muhammad, you know, being able to see him. Look, he's bouncy. He's springy. And he was one of those guys too. I remember last year in the Hall of Fame game, Drew Locke would line him up. I mean, when they'd motion to empty with the running back on the outside, he would literally run a little bit of a hitch and go. And he almost you know, Drew Locke overshot it, but there was almost a touchdown to be had there. So he could be one of those big time weapon threats as we see the NFL transition yeah. more to a running back by committee approach. Yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, Muhammad was one of those guys that I was gunning for last year to take Booker's spot. Uh, he, in my eyes, this is this guy is uh, kind of in that same department as Philip Lindsay, where you give him a little bit of space and he's going to hit a home run. You know, he's one of those explosive guys. Uh, You can use him in those, in those passing down situations. Uh, And, and he showed that he can run between the tackles. I think that he has probably the, the most legitimate chance to kind of fight for that number three spot based on the ability to produce in special teams. That's a huge, huge part of being the backup running back. Got to be able to get downfield and make tackles, make stops on special teams. If Royce Freeman can't be that guy, then Muhammad definitely can be that guy. The guy's got track speed. He's a, uh, you know, got a, he's built uh, and he can carry that load as the number three back. Uh, You know, he's going to be in my eyes, he's going to be the guy to push Royce the most. Well, let's talk about Levante Bellamy now. He was one of the big offseason acquisitions in terms of college free agents, right? And really, when you look at his productivity out of Western Michigan, one of the things that stands out, 23 touchdowns, 1,400 yards rushing. He had a phenomenal season in 2019. Now, when you look at the overall competition, it's a lot different than what you'd be seeing if he was playing for an Alabama, Duke, or a Clemson for that matter. What were your thoughts initially? Because I've watched some film on him. He's springy. He's got the ability to plant his foot in the dirt, get uphill fast, and also run through contact, which, look, Curtis Monkins, he loves the guys that can run through contact and burst after that. So, really, what are your quick thoughts here on Levante Bellamy? You know, it, it, I haven't watched a ton of tape on him. Uh, I got to see some of, the, uh, some of the plays that he had coming out of Central Michigan. But uh, one of the things that I did see was his patience. Uh, he, he was very patient behind the line of scrimmage, waited for that hole. And like you said, he's got that spring. And he, and he was gone. And when I looked at him, yeah, the 23 touchdowns stood out, but it was the, uh, it was his progression over the seasons that really stood out to me. The guy works hard. He, he clearly knows, uh, he, he clearly knows how to come up. He clearly knows how to work. Uh, and he got better each year. So I'm really excited to see what he can bring, uh, to the Broncos. And, and if he could be the guy to kind of push Muhammad and, and Freeman, He's got a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, some of his some of his reps that I saw, it was kind of like you know, get up and go, get up and go. But uh, he he to me, he probably could be one of those guys that we see in the preseason and maybe ends up on the practice squad. Uh, but like I said, I haven't seen a ton on him. Uh, I did like what I saw though, 
and uh, hopefully he can be in competition for that number three spot. I'm going to put you on the spot here, right? Every single year or every other two years or so in the NFL for the Broncos specifically, there's always an undrafted guy that comes in and all of a sudden impresses people, turns heads. For you, who is that guy that's going to make the roster this year as an undrafted rookie free agent? Oh, man, it's got to be Bassey. It's got. It's got to be. Uh, I. I can't. I can't pronounce his name right. Uh, I think it's Assange. Assange back. Uh, Bassey out of Wake Forest. He. He kind of reminds me a lot of Chris Harris. Uh, versatile corner. Uh, can play boundary. Can play in the slot. Um, I really like his attitude. I really like his work ethic. I think that he could. And and with the Broncos needing. Uh, specifically corners, uh, but needing more secondary help, I think that he could be the guy that makes it this year as the as the UDFA. I like that pick, too. And I was watching a bunch of films, some of the games, the actual games, because, look, it's hard to find all 22 for oh. Wake Forest. I have a game of all 22 on Wake Forest. I just did a film review on Justin Stern that I'm going to publish mm-hmm. this week. Yep. But one thing I, I, I stood out about, that, and I also figured out his name, too, Asang Bassey, right? Asang Bassey, because all the, all the announcers were even mispronouncing it. So I had to literally dig deep and research because I always believe in pronunciation, you know, the right way. I always think that's important. But man, the thing that stands out to me about him, when I look at him in his stance as a DB, you see a lot of guys, sometimes you see guys that, you know, they stand up tall. And for you as a former receiver, you know, this. if they stand up tall, they don't have as much explosiveness breaking downhill. But Bassey, man, he is, he's squatted almost like he plays like a squat technique and he is literally so low. His width between shoulder whip hit distance is very, very springy. He's got great hips, great footwork, very disciplined. And and I hate to say this. I don't want to compare him to him, but in terms of watching his footwork, his footwork is very damn good like Jeff Akuta's. That, that's how crazy it is. So, you know, there's some things about him, too, that, uh, you know, really stand out. He's one of those guys that really have my eye on, you know, but also, you know, Zamari Manning. I'd like to see him make the team. But, look, I think Asang Bassey, He's definitely going to be one of those players that definitely is probably going to make the team in some capacity. I think he's going to be a key special teams guy. I think we're going to see him as a gunner because he is fast. He does have that blazing quick speed. To me, I think it's going to be very exciting. But Patrick, I'm also very excited. I want to I want to have fans and listeners locked on Broncos for a moment, know what they're going to be getting from you. You're going to be our Broncos draft analyst at Broncos Pro Football Network. You know, what can fans expect to get from you, you know, on a weekly basis and even when the NFL draft happens? Because look, PFN, we have a draft simulator and it is absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to bring every week uh, just a little little insight to what the Broncos could do with the draft. Uh, you know, I, I love doing mock drafts just like everybody does, um, but you know, I, I want to look at positional breakdowns. Um, you know, look at guys that could possibly be fits, uh, whether it's scheme wise, you know, whether it's organizational wise, uh, but definitely look out for, you know, my positional rankings, uh, top team needs, um, you know, can you know, potential first round candidates next year, uh, and look out for the mock drafts. Usually around this time, I only keep it to about, uh, three rounds, but, uh, definitely w- when we get into actual NFL draft season, you're going to be seeing a lot of full seven round mock drafts using the, the PFN mock draft simulator. Broncos country, you can check out Patrick's work at profootballnetwork.com slash Broncos. Very excited to have him here on board with Broncos country. That will do it for today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. As always, want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, rockauto.com and Build Bar. In the meantime, Broncos country, I want to inform you guys, 
after next week, I'm going on vacation for a little bit. You're going to have five episodes next week. And then the following week, you're going to have three episodes because I'm actually taking a trip to Oregon. And I'm very excited about that Broncos country. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. We will see you tomorrow for Fan Friday here, Locked on Broncos.